Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. Jesus, there's all sorts of things going through their minds. They're feeling the emptiness of the fact he's no longer with them on a day-to-day basis. So they're needing him. And yet Jesus says, be a witness to me. Be a witness to these things. What are the things for you? You were once lost, but now you're found. You were once without purpose, but now you feel hope. Whatever your story is, that's what you're a witness to. How Christ has come into your world and shaped your world is your story, and he's saying to you, be a witness of these things. In other words, in Acts chapter 1, he says it like this. He says, uh, uh, you will receive power so that you will be my witnesses. You will receive power to be my witnesses in where? In Jerusalem. That would be our, uh, our Amsterdam South Oost. Go and be witnesses within your immediate community. It to, Ju- uh, uh, to, to, um, to Jerusalem, uh, Judea. That would be like uh, maybe North Holland to Samaria. That might be our nation. Uh, and then to the ends of the earth. That might be Edinburgh or Nairobi where we're helping plant churches right now. It could be, could be Australia, which is unimaginably far away. So just forget about that for a minute. They're all convicts and criminals down there anyway. We got rid of them for a reason. I visit every year Sydney just to check on, uh, on those guys and they're, they're as bad as they ever were when we sent them. 200 years ago, so let's leave them alone, except for Alisco. We do occasionally uh, bring a few, we bring a few back, we bring a few back with us, because a few seem to, uh, don't, they don't fit the mold, they're, they're a little different, uh, and she's, she's not one of those that I've just described, she's, she's very different, she's an angel actually in disguise, a, a princess in ordinary clothing. Uh, I agree with Lisby, don't the Brits do weddings well? We needed to rent in a, an American preacher, but otherwise uh, we, we, uh, we, we do the weddings very well. Uh, what I'm talking about is you need to be a witness in your world. That's why we need power. How many of us, if I were to use the word evangelism, would cringe, would shrink back and go, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to someone about Jesus. I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't be a witness. By the end of this message, you'll be a witness. Uh, by, by, by the time you get the sense of the power of God on, you'll, you'll be a witness. Uh, not all of us are called to preach the gospel, but we're all called to live the gospel. We're all called to uh, clothe ourselves in something that shines a light to the people around us. And so he says, be my witnesses, be clothed in power. And then how, how good is God to, to then tell us how we do it, right? No message is any good without a handle, without a how-to. And right here in the middle... He says this, he says, uh, go and be my witness, and you can do that by staying here. Okay, but stay in the city. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? On one hand, he's saying, go. On the other hand, he's saying, stay. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he puts it like this. He says, uh, uh, verse 4, sorry, he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, the Holy Spirit, which you've heard me speak about. For I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, go, 
But before you go, you need to wait. Don't go until you've had moments where you've waited. Don't leave until you've had a moment where you've stayed. Don't think you're going to change the world until you've had a moment in His presence where you've gone, God, I need you. Don't try and be supernatural when you're only natural. Try and be supernatural when you spend time in the presence of God who enables you. He empowers you to be a supernatural Christ person because your life is meant to look like the life of Christ. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, so He's not walking around the earth going, follow me anymore. That's the job of you and I. He says, you are the light of the world. But you can't do it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. You will shine like lights when the Holy Spirit comes on your life. That's your purpose. You're called to go. But you can't go until you've had a moment where you've waited on the presence of God. We need to be clothed in power, he says. I want to just illustrate this. I've got um, some of my wardrobe with me. Short's going to help me. Thank you, Short. Let's give Short a hand. Uh, and, uh, you know, because we can be clothed in all sorts of things. And not all those things are good for us. Uh, I was at the gym early this morning, and um, I came out of that place smelling and looking like you wouldn't, not, not like this. It's just, you know, I wasn't looking like this. You're glad I changed. It was appropriate for me to be in those clothes whilst I was in the gym, but it's appropriate I'm in these clothes to be here, okay? I, I mean, I couldn't afford real jeans, but at least they're nearly appropriate to be in this place. You wouldn't wear your pajamas to go shopping. If you did, if you did, you run the risk of not returning home. Home will become a hospital, of a very specialized hospital. Don't go shopping in your pajamas. Don't go to the beach in a suit. Don't go to a wedding in shorts. There are just certain types of clothes that are meant for certain types of occasions. We're not meant to go and be witnesses without the clothing of the power of God. But it doesn't always go like that, right? Sometimes it goes like this. Can we swap? Thanks, man. Sometimes we wear other types of clothing, and, and this is one of them we wear. It's a piece of clothing that no one's bothered about. Not bothered to iron it, not bothered to clean it, and uh, and yet feast, and that yet, and yet so often uh, we find ourselves promoting our brokenness rather than our wholeness. So we go around shining our brokenness rather than our wholeness. What we're doing is we're devaluing the person God's made us to be by the things we smoke, the things we put in our bodies, the substances. We take uh, the, the types of relationships uh, and the way we, we encounter those relationships, the way we speak about ourselves, the way we devalue ourselves with our words, the way we tell people that, uh, how, that we're no good. And maybe we're repeating words that have been spoken over us. Uh, maybe that's why we say it, because it's been told to us. But all the time what we're doing is we're devaluing the very person that God's made us to be. Uh, and, and I'm not judging if you're in that place today. You're in a great place today because I want to tell you, you are more valuable than you can imagine. You're chosen by the very hand of God. You've been handcrafted by and out of the very presence of God. And so you've got every reason not to wear these clothes because you can't shine 
when you're wearing these clothes. And then there's probably the more common, uh, common clothing, and that's, that's this one. And uh, this is, you're going, well, what, what's wrong with this one? Thank you very much. It looks good. Uh, it looks good. Um, but, but it's very ordinary, really, and everyone's got one. Uh, and that's the problem. Uh, some of us wear clothes which are trying to blend in. We're trying to look like everyone. We're trying to be like everybody else. The problem is you're called to stand out. So for as long as you're trying to look like everybody else and be like everybody else, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I came to Christ at a fairly young age, and so I felt like an alien at school. I felt like, like the odd one out. Uh, and so I would try and, try and be like everybody else. I thought, you know, I want to show people that Christians are, are like everybody else. Uh, and, and, and then when I got filled with the Holy Spirit at 18 years old, I, I realized my eyes were open. I went, but we're not like everybody else. We've found eternity, salvation. We've got a hope. We've got a river in us that people are desperate for. Uh, I, no one's got anything to offer me. I've got everything to offer them. I've got life. I've got eternity. Of course, I'm the odd one out. Of course, I feel like an alien. I'm meant to be different, and I'm meant to look different. For as long as you go to the parties and you do what everybody else is doing and you're trying to blend in and go, well, you know, the greatest witness I can be is to show them I'm normal. You're making a big, big mistake. Jesus never went to a party unnoticed. Did you realize that? Hey, Jesus is here. We need more wine. Woo! Let's get the party going again. He was the center of attention. Whoa, Jesus is here. Let's pour out perfume on his feet. A year's income that was worth that Mary poured over his feet. Center of attention. I'm not asking you to be the center of attention of a party, but I am saying there should be something about you that is different. So we need to throw off the clothes of average, throw off the clothes of being ordinary because there's another clothing that you can wear and it's a clothing that will cause you to stand out and look different. It's a clothing that says, I'm, I'm, there's something about me. You see, when I, when I wear this, you go, hey, uh, where are you going? Can I come? You think, he's off to a special occasion. I want to go where he's going. Wouldn't that be awesome if someone knocked on your door on a Sunday morning and went, hey, Fernando, there's something about you. I hear you're going somewhere this morning. Could I come with you? We had someone knock on our door this week. And she goes, Oh, her life is a little broken. She's feeling very empty. And she goes, this is the only place I know where I feel safe. And, and it's obvious that, that there's a river that's not dry here. There's enough overflow, enough flowing out of your cup to fill my cup. And so she came knocking on our door. Can you help me? When was the last time someone said to you, there's something about you that I want? There's something in your world that I'm hungry for, that I need. There's a hope around you. There's a smile on your face. You see, you don't need to preach the gospel. You just need to be the gospel. You just need to wear new clothes. And here's the challenge. You cannot put on this jacket until you're thrown off the old. I can't wear all of these. I can't, I can't, uh, thanks. You could go short. That's awesome. Uh, these serve a purpose for me right now. Uh, I could not wear these three jackets. You cannot... Clothe yourself in the power of the Holy Spirit and have all that stuff underneath. 
It will shine through. It will come through. And I know we're not perfect. It's, in fact, our brokenness is sometimes good because it's sort of the cracks in our lives let the light out. So we're not trying to be perfect, but we're not trying to clothe ourselves in this false humility. Or the, we're not trying to promote our brokenness. We're not trying to, hard to be the people who blend in. We throw that off. We, we kick it away. Blind Bartimaeus, as Jesus walks by, he goes, Jesus, I need you. I'm, I'm empty. I'm, I, I've got no future. This is hopeless. I'm here day after day. There's no purpose in what I'm doing. Please heal me. And you would think, and many of you would do this, you would think Jesus would have come up to Bartimaeus and gone, oh, I can help you. But he didn't. He said to a blind man, a blind man, he said, come. Can you imagine? He's going, uh, uh, Jesus, can you speak again? I, I'm not quite sure where you are. I'm over here. Why did he do that? Because he knew Bartimaeus couldn't be clothed in the new until he moved out of the old. He had to reposition himself. He had to move from the place that had trapped him day after day. And the Bible says this. He took his beggar's cloak and he threw it off. And he came toward Jesus and he got healed. Today you get power from heaven by throwing off the old and saying, Jesus, I'm hungry enough for something of the new. And then I wait. And here's the deal with waiting. If you're anything like me, I hate it. I, I, I hate waiting on the phone. I hate waiting at the traffic. I, hate, I just hate everything about waiting except for the presence of God. When was the last time you, you just waited on Him? And then at that moment, you wanted to go and do something else or pick up your phone. You didn't. You just waited a little longer. And then again... Uh, a little while later, you, you, you're getting a little itchy because we, we get so itchy to be doing things, don't we? You're in prayer and you, you sort of get this itch. Oh, I, I was trying to pray this morning and I, I was tidying my living room. I'm like, what's this about? Because I hate things in a mess. I had to force myself to stop. It's counterculture. But if you want what you know you need, sometimes you have to do what you know you don't want to do. You've got to wait a little longer. You've got to linger a little longer. He says, wait and receive the power. In September 1987, I was... Did I hear a giggle there? Someone just went, 87, is that a year that existed? <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, and, and I was 18 years old, and I was in a meeting, and uh, I, was, I was at a point in my life where I was getting hungry. I was, I was really hungry for something more. I had, was confused about, uh, I wasn't feeling confident about who I was, and, and I, I'd been in meetings like this a few times, but it wasn't my church experience. And yet I knew I needed something more. I knew my soul was dry, and I'm standing in a meeting like this, and, and I'm, I see the guy next to me. He's raising his hands in worship to shout to the Lord, if you remember. Shout to the Lord. I just lost most of us right there. And, and, his hand, and I'm going, 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is my moment. I'd, I'd, I'd been in meetings before wanting to raise my hands that I hadn't because I hadn't thrown off the cloak or clothes of timidity. I hadn't thrown away the, the coat of shyness. Some of you today, you struggle with that. I thought shyness was just, you know, some people are shy, some people are confident. So I thought it was a personality thing, but it's, I realized it was not in order. It's a disorder. It's a, a dysfunction um, to be shy. You're not meant to be timid. But it was because I hadn't received the power of the Holy Spirit that would break that thing and transform me. And so I, I began to work against that. And I began to raise my hands. It took me the whole song to get them in the air. I began to raise them a little bit. And at each stage of raising them a little higher, I'd get a bit more confident to raise it higher. And then I got them up here just as the song was finishing. And then I had the problem of thinking, what do I do now if I put them down again? Maybe I'll never get them up again. And I've just had this sort of breakthrough. But what it did, it, it put me on a search and a hunger for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And over the coming months, as I sought for more, I found my life getting renovated and renewed. So I'm standing in another meeting of the church I went to, Isca Church in Exeter. And uh, the pastor goes, if anyone here is sick, could you stand to your feet? And Gavin, my friend, was next to me. He stands to his feet. He had tennis elbow. And then the pastor goes, if you're sitting next to that person, could you stand and pray for them and I felt sort of tricked into this moment I'd never been in a situation where I've had to pray for someone before I had no idea what to do I'd seen people lay hands on people so I I did that I put my hand on him and I prayed I don't know what I prayed Gavin did this with his arm he got healed instantly healed it shocked me and amazed me and excited me all at the same time I had this glow on the inside as I left that day and then I remembered a friend of mine who couldn't get to that meeting because he was at home sick so I thought wow I wonder if I still got the magic so I, I went and visited him knocked on the door and said can I pray for you he had a sore throat like sandpaper and uh, and a you know a head cold nose was running and all that so I prayed for him and went instantly sandpaper throat snot back up the nose and head cleared I was amazed really amazed so excited so as I left that place walking back home I, I was just praising God and this new language came out of my mouth I began to pray in a heavenly language we in church circles often call it speaking in tongues but it was just a language of prayer and praise I got filled with the Holy Spirit that night baptized, immersed. word baptism means to be immersed with the result of permanent change, to be pickled, <laughs> marinated with the result of a permanent change. You don't just need a touch of the Holy Spirit. You need a saturation. You need a marination in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.